This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Who you're rooting for in the NFC Championship. You have to. It can't be neither. I want both to lose. I like a tie. You got to pick someone to root for in the NFC title game on Sunday. All right, Bobby Belt, your takeaways from the Mike McCarthy press conference yesterday. It seems like you were right about Jerry just wanting to trim payroll to explain these coaches leaving. A number of the media was getting the sense that Kellen Moore is in trouble, and then Dan Quinn ends it with fireworks, announcing that he is returning as the Cowboys' D.C. Yeah, I my biggest takeaway was probably Kellen's in trouble. Or, or Kellen's up for review right now. I don't, you know, he may, he may be fine. They may come back and, you know, he's the offensive coordinator again in 2023. But what's for sure is they hadn't made up their mind about that as of yesterday when they're talking about it. Because if you're going to bring him back, you just say you're bringing him back. If you're going to bring him back, you do the same thing you did with Quinn, which is press conference ends and you say, Dan's coming back. You say, oh, by the way, Kellen's coming back. But they didn't say that. They're like, oh, you know. Uh, where everybody's under evaluation and uh, I haven't really talked to him. I'll see him tomorrow. We'll talk then. Yeah. And so to me, it's the, the very optimistic view. If you're Kellen Moore, or it could have been like Kellen is, was it, did we know at the time that Frank Wright was hired in Indy or did that come after mm. Carolina? You mean? Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. Carolina. Yeah. No, we knew. Okay. He was already, he had already been hired for a couple hours. So he couldn't have said, you know, Kellen's in his own process. You know, we're letting him do his thing. That was already that was already news. It was already done. He wasn't getting the Panther job. Yeah, I mean, and he very easily could have just said, like, hey, look, you know, there, there's a lot of factors. We want him back, you know, but we, we you know, depending on, but you the didn't say that. The word want. All you had to do was throw in the word want. We and want then, him to return. Instead, you went, ah, you know, everybody's being evaluated. Ah, guys, we're not playing this game. And, ah, you're disgusting and everything else. And so... I, that to me says that even if he comes back, they didn't make that decision until like today is what that means. Uh, at the, the the very best case scenario is they're they're torn on whether they want to bring him back or not. And if you're Kellen, the worst case scenario is your job's on the line. And so to me, that was the biggest thing that I came away with was Kellen's not safe. Everybody else appears to be back, I think, because they made their their official announcement of the coaches they weren't renewing. Doug Nussmeyer was not in there, even though he's out of contract. So that would seem to me that Nussmeyer's back. Um, and maybe that's the next question becomes if if Kellen's not back, what's what is the alternative? Is it yeah, Schottenheimer? Uh, if, if you're retaining Nussmeyer, does Nussmeyer get elevated to coordinator? And then they take Scott Tolzines, who's been an assistant, and bring him up. To because they trimmed a lot of these assistants, they didn't trim Scott Tolzine. So is Tolzine an assistant that they then elevate to quarterbacks coach? And so there's there's a couple different ways that they can go with it. But here's my at the question. very least, it's on the line. Here's my question: If I'm Jerry Jones to Mike, or my question: If I'm just Jerry to the decision makers, the others, is Mike McCarthy that great of an offensive mind? No. <laughs> there we go. We can stop. <laughs> that 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 he's the guy I can trust to elevate Dak, and it's worth now sacrificing a little bit of game day management to have Mike McCarthy 
call the plays, even though Brian Broaddus believes that Mike, job, Mike. that Mike McCarthy does not want to call the plays. Is Mike McCarthy my difference maker? I, I, if I, he's the same as Sean Payton? I mean, I don't think either one of them would be a difference maker. I mean, you know, that, that's just my own, you know, my own personal philosophy is, you know, the quarterback is, is he's the guy. But the quarterback has to get coaching from somewhere. Oh, I, I, I agree. He's got to get coaching from somewhere. But, like, you know. It has to make a tiny bit of somewhat. Of oh, I, 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 like I said, I, like I said yesterday, basic. Like I think bad coaching hurts you way more than good coaching helps you. Mm, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. You also kind of focus on the mechanics of it versus. Yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, that right. go one, two, three here, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. here are your progressions, here are sure. your reads, the mechanics. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. That 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 I think really, really can help a player. Um, but I mean, look, I mean, you know. I would much rather have a coach not be the play caller. Um, let him let him sit there and worry about the game. Did we feel okay? I know we're a week past, but I was worried that we didn't have any regular season examples of Mike McCarthy's game management, and then we got hit with a few different things against the 49ers. Uh, we didn't even talk about the criticism over punting at the very end. The fourth and ten punt versus just going for it right there. McCarthy caught some heat for that. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, look, if you can't if you're if you're paying a guy forty million and you don't trust him to get you ten yards when you absolutely need it with your season on the line, like you you've got to have faith in that quarterback to do that. And and I thought that I thought that was a miss on Mike's part. The final drive executions, right? Like you can blame Dalton Schultz, but the little coaching of go forward so the clock stops. Make sure you get the second foot down. And then of course the Zeke play with Turpin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it still still makes me laugh. I I was I was dying when I was watching the NFL mic'd up segment. I was dying to see them cut to a 49ers player mic'd up immediately after that play, and they wouldn't show it. So that makes me think they got mocked mercilessly. Why did you immediately say no when I said is McCarthy the offensive difference maker, the DAC difference maker? Because I mean that that I, I think that's the reason why he doesn't want to touch it here is because it failed so poorly at the end in Green Bay. Like, it was not going well, and they were like, okay, this is – I think that's why he didn't want his hand in that. I think he was like, you well, know, that's not that's not what I want to be involved in anymore. Well, can I argue, like, you know, tough to take Aaron Rodgers at that time to another level versus, like, Dak Prescott. You know, Aaron Rodgers is like, what are you going to tell me right now? And I, I mean, it's one of those things where what's the – I think the lasting image around the league of McCarthy as a play caller was that – shot Fox got of Aaron Rodgers looking to the sideline. You remember him going dumb effing call over and over again. And McCarthy's just kind of like sitting there staring and looking at it. And it, like, I think that's the lasting image. And I know Aaron's difficult to deal with, but like, and he does it to a lot of people, but he hasn't done it since Mike left. Uh, wait a he second. has he, not done that to LaFleur the same way. There, there's not been one of these, like, well, the field Pat, goal decision. Yeah. He went on Pat McAfee's show and killed him for the field goal decision. He does, but I'm talking about, like, we haven't seen these, like, there, there's, images are very powerful. Like, we've talked about this recently with, you know, a variety of topics. Like, there's a difference between the here are the details of a story versus, like, here's a picture of another story that's maybe not as bad as this one, but everybody reacts more viscerally to this one. And I think that that's the thing is that it's just like a lasting image of like, here you are getting shown up by your quarterback and you just stood there and took yeah. it. And but you remember that. I don't. I, I said I the have, league remembers it. I'm not talking about fans. I think the NFL, I think NFL people remember it. But what does that have to do with Mike being the play caller here? 
is that that's a like a lasting image of the type of play caller he was and the type of just didn't even stand up to the quarterback there on that call. Babe Laufenberg asked Mike McCarthy, the common denominator. He's been around Montana, Favre, and Aaron Rodgers. He said, quote, it's how they play two-minute offense. It's almost something they live for. And then Laufenberg texted us after his interview yesterday saying, the most disappointing thing in that game, three minutes, three and out, not even picking up a first down. But look, you could feel the pain. You could feel that those coaching decisions yesterday were not McCarthy's call. Mm-hmm. And one particularly pained him when Newey Scruggs asked about the release of his right-hand man, his mole, his ears and eyes, someone called Rob Davis. Extremely personal. Um, obviously, you know, Rob is as close to Brother Mays um, that exists. Um, so, tough, you know, but that's the profession. You know, I think just like anything. Uh, Rob knows more than anybody um, what um, my focal points are of, of how to get be- how to get better, what needs to be done, and um, but yeah, very very tough decision. But uh, I thought I thought Rob made a tremendous impact in the three years he was here, you know, not only in our locker room uh, but with our coaching operations. You know, he has he has a unique skill set, and you know, I obviously, I mean, it's a relationship that always be there. So Rob Rob will do great things. So, look, this is Jerry basically sitting McCarthy down and saying, look, we have six more assistants here than other teams, and we're paying more to our guys here than other teams, and it's time for me to cut the fat. It's time for me to trim that down. Mm-hmm. That's what happened basically. in terms of these coaching staff decisions. Yeah, that, that's basically what it is, and, and now they got to find guys that are, you know, that could fill those roles if they even fill them. Yeah. Because that's the thing is that guys, Rob Davis's role is not getting filled. I wouldn't guess Leon Lett's role is getting filled. Like they're they are definitely cutting out back on all the assistants and the oh you're you're a quality control assistant. All right, well we we don't need this many people sitting here and you doesn't know. explain Joe Philbin out though. Philbin. Yep. Philbin. Philbin. Um, Regis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, Philbin. I think and and Philbin was one that was tough for McCarthy too. McCarthy. I don't believe McCarthy made the call on Philbin or Rob Davis, either one. That that was, he was told what was happening. Uh, and when McCarthy referenced some of these decisions were, were discussed all the way back last year or in the spring, I think that very directly is talking about Philbin because Philbin was, a lot of people were surprised he came back last year, that the Joneses didn't just say, no, nope, we're, we're switching this out. And so I, I think that Philbin is just, they probably feel like they can upgrade their and then Mike McCarthy decided to end the presser. Now, I couldn't get the exact quote. I was texting you guys trying to get the exact quote, and not one media member tweeted it out. I was wondering why. It was a powerful, fiery statement that McCarthy made, and not one media member tweeted it out. This is McCarthy on people speculating, having conversations about his job status. You know, I get to talk to Jerry a lot, so I, I've never I've never felt that. You know, I mean, a narrative is externally generated. Um, it's disgustingly, you know, because I've been dealing with this as far as some of the things said about these assistants. I mean, I, I just think it's, it, it's um, our industry should show more respect to the individuals. Um, you know, change is part of it. We all, we all understand it. It's, a, it's part of the... Our professional responsibilities, but when these guys, you know, their families have to listen to some of the things that that are that are said, it's just it's not right, and uh, no different than my family. So, but no, I, it, that that wasn't uh, it wasn't a moment if that's what you're looking for. Woo! 
disgusting. And welcome to Dallas, dude. We, I hope I hope people are listening to G Bag. By the way, when Brian brought us reacted to this, oh my lord! Yeah, he went off. He went off. Uh, Like this is the 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 biggest and where he's made the most progress, but still the thing that probably most hinders him here. I feel like logistically. Mike, you're not in Green Bay anymore. This is Dallas, and it's disgustingly adjust. Disgustingly adjust. Like it's different here. It's it's Randall Cobb walking in the locker room that first time and saying, "This is playoff media," like, and it was an OTA practice. Yeah, you got to adjust, and that that's why the whole that's why I've always criticized the whole. We'll just block out the noise. We're gonna block out the noise. No, you don't block out the noise because you can't block it out here. This is not a place where you can block out the noise. Instead, you've got to equip them with here's how you handle the noise. This is how you deal with the noise. I mean, you're not wrong. It's it. You know, it's, it's the big room. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would I would like to see what like the the Giants media is. You know, like <laughs> well, they they could tell Dable he walks on water and he's Jesus. I know, there. right? But like you know, like in terms of the size, yeah. Just because there's so many publications, shoot, the Yankees bring like 50 media members on a on, on, a, on a, for a road game. We travel. In July. I know we travel more beat reporters than I see travel to AT and T Stadium. You wait more go on the road than go to Arlington. More, no, I'm saying more Cowboys reporters go on on the road than I see visiting teams bring with them to AT and T Stadium. Oh, okay. So I mean, obviously, like some reporters get left behind, I would guess, in certain cities. But like even New York, I don't think brings as many as we bring on the road. You know who had the best response to this? It was Zach Wolchuk. Wolchuk goes, Coach, you should read the fan text towards us. And I thought that was perfect <laughs> because we get destroyed and attacked oh. and murdered and our jobs called for just as much, if not more, than Mike McCarthy. I, I, I almost find that the, the, the Twitch might be worse. You think? Sometimes. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they all, I, I think, have their moments yeah. of, of critical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disgustingly. 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 It's disgustingly. <laughs> I, 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 I'm cool with the Twitch, the YouTube, and then even though half the fan text hates me, I love it because half of them, half of the half that hate me are funny. So. Uh, yeah, Broadus. <laughs> woo! He went in like basically get over it. Stop crying. Wor- worry about scoring more than 12 points. Focus on that. Oh. Stop, stop crying about all the media narratives and the criticism and the questions. But I felt, I felt a little responsible. I, f- I felt like... Uh, I felt like we were uh, we were a little bit there, uh, maybe thrown into that with our uh, Stephen A. Smith job status, Jerry Jones question, all that, all yeah, that stuff. I mean, but, uh, hey, started it. It was a talk. It was a talking point. Then his guilt trip worked on you. It's congratulations, didn't work. sucker. I don't regret it. I don't regret <laughs> it whatsoever. And I do think, yeah, if I had to say, I would agree with Broadus of tough, tough. Eight seven seven eight eight one one zero five three. And coach could have come on today. He could have come on today to say goodbye, but. All of them. I wonder if Jerry, I still don't know. I didn't get any word. I don't think they're going to tell me anything anyway after I uh, maybe revealed a little bit too much about what I knew <laughs> earlier in the week. So maybe Jerry is on today with KMC. I'm just not privy to that information any longer. Uh, Sean Shreve, RJ Choppy, and Bobby Bell, you have to pick one. I, I think Choppy and I are on board. We're on the same team who you are rooting for to win. The NFC Championship. You got to root for Philly or San Fran. Which one is it? Next. Shot clock to five. Dinwiddie trying to get Hardaway on the move. Now he turns the corner. Step back three over eight. Okay. Okay, Spencer. Going off the window.
That was the call last night on TNT. The Dallas Mavericks continue to haunt and torment the Phoenix Suns. Now, they didn't have Devin Booker, but Aiden was there. Chris Paul was there. A superior team was there. And they still lost to the Mavs in Phoenix, 99-95. Sean Sharif, RJ Choppy, and Bobby Bell with you. But Luka Doncic twists his ankle three minutes in and did not return. Mm. Getting word late last night to the Mavs. Don't think it's that serious, but still, man, ankles in sports mm-hmm. here as of late. With oh, yeah. Luca, Tony Pollard, and Patrick Mahomes. And if you thought you could turn that off, Spencer Dinwiddie proved you wrong by going off last night and being the Mavs hero. You know Spencer Dindaddy well. is Din what Daddy. we call him. Dindaddy. Dindaddy when he plays like that. Yeah. Well, they call him the professor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know it's going well for you when you bank him in from three. You know, it's going real well for you. Basic is sitting here holding out hope. I don't know how to say this without it being, like, really twisted, but it's Mike, so it's going to be twisted. He's like, we need to lose out for a top two pick. That's his only salvation for the Mavericks. Oh, he's team tank, yeah. He he said if Luca's, he put up a poll question. If Luca's out for the year, he's not out for the year, (laughs) Mike. If Luca's out for the year, how many more games would the Mavs win? There's there's 33 games left. I thought he was going to say, like, how many more games will they win to, like, the all-star break without Wood and Luca if Luca's out for a while? Zero to five, 33 games without Mm -hmm. Luca. Zero to five, six to ten. 11 to 20. 1,400 Tolos voted. I would... It's not going to be 0 to 10. 0 to 5. 0 to 5. It's not going to be that either. Uh, they, they'll win. If they if they lose Luka, I mean, they'll finish... If they lost him for the year. For the year. Yeah. I would say they win... 14 more games. 14 more games. Wow. So you think they'd be... Creeping up near 500. Um, There's 32 games left. 30, 33. 30, yeah, 32, 32, I guess, after last night. So if they lose that, they'd be 26 and 56. <laughs> that's, that's not going to happen. That'd be wonderful. I but know, right? uh, no, I, I would, if if Luke was gone for the year 10 and 22, something like that. 6 to 10 won with 58% of the vote. Uh, the 11 to 20 wins without Luca was the least confident from the Tolos. Uh, so six to ten more wins, but they got the win last night against the Phoenix Suns. Uh, and Mike would like them just to go ahead and give Lucas some super rest past the All Star break. That's, that's a Luka. lot of games. That's ten games they got. Yeah, that's not gonna. You know what's wild? No, though? past the All Star break. No, I know. Out for the year. Yeah, I know. I'm some. just saying. But even to the All Star break, that's ten games. Aiton's plus minus last night was minus one. Every other Sun starter was in a positive range, and they still lost, which is really bizarre. To see an entire starting lineup basically be in the plus category and you lose, yeah, that's bizarre. Okay, championship weekend. Both games on Sunday, and we need to know who you are rooting for, not who you're picking, who you are rooting for. Sunday at 2, NFC, San Fran at Filthy. Sunday, 5.30, Cincy at KC. Who are you rooting for and why in the NFC Championship game? Eagles are favored by two and a half. You got the hated rival that can have bragging rights over us again in the NFC East or the team that for the second straight year took us out. Yeah, when you said hated rival, I I, I wasn't sure who you were talking about there because <laughs> this is this is like the worst case scenario. 
You know, my initial reaction, it's like, I kind, I kind of think I want this team to win. But then again, on the flip side, I know if the other one wins, those fools will be there at Radio Row. And I do want to see that. San Fran? Yeah, I do want They're to not s- going to be at Radio Row. If they're in the game, they might be. They may drop by. And I, I, I you know. Our crosstalk. Yeah, our, our crosstalk nemeses. Do yeah. they get credentialed, though? I, I I don't know. I don't know that the NFL would approve them. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't approve them either. Why wouldn't they approve them? I mean, they they generally don't let people in like team jerseys run around there. And yeah, they're not the flagship, so they're not the they, flagship. They'd be there. Trust me. So I think they'd be the radio okay. row, and I want to see them because we need we need to have a talk. Okay. <laughs> we need to have a talk. Uh, actually, I just want to see. I want to see what Bobby would actually try to do. Yeah. But I I, I, I I'm fascinated by tough guy Bobby. Bobby tough, but when Bobby tries to be tough guy, I'm fascinated by that. Tries. So I want to, I want to see that. But no. Yeah, you know that metal detectors at Radio Row, right? There ain't no Papacito stuff around yeah, here. Right. Yeah, I know. I've already thought about renting a car. That way, I don't have to fly. Go through security. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke, y'all. Though that's nobody freak joke. out. It's a joke. a joke. Come on, yeah. Top. Who are you rooting uh, for? I'm rooting for Philadelphia. Whoa! Uh, I'm not, not going to lie. Not going to say. You know, not going to mince words about it. Not going to apologize for it. Apologize. Not going to do that. Uh, they've been the best team all year. I hate when the best teams don't make it. It, it ruins my pH balance of life. <laughs> I'm a big regular season proponent. So to me, if you're the best team all year, I want to see the. I don't like upsets. Upsets ruin my. They ruin my day. They ruin my life. I don't want to see upsets. Um, and, and, and quite frankly, um, I want. I like Jalen Hurts. I mm. like Nick Sirianni. Oh, oh, I know. I know. I like oh. them both. Oh, Nick Sirianni's Italian. I can't say anything bad. <laughs> I can't disparage. I, I, I will. I will. I will pull Was Joe ball. Judge Italian? With the last name like Judge? <laughs> I, I mean, he, he, his mama might have been. Okay. But his daddy wouldn't. That's all that matters. <laughs> um, so I, I like Sirianni. I like Jalen Hurts. I want to see Hurts do well. Uh, I don't want to see him make the uh, make the Super Bowl. And I hate San Francisco. I cannot get those clowns out of my head. I don't even think it's about those guys on the radio. I think it's about the state. It's about the state. I think yeah. it's about your red, red, red-blooded ways. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm an American, Sean. Okay? <laughs> I'm an American. I don't even I don't even claim the blue color on the flag. I just do red and white. Just the red and white. Uh, I don't even claim blue. I don't even claim blue. We got 49 stars on that flag. Yeah, we know we know how red you are. Yeah, uh, your mom, I bet your mom is so proud. I bet she's Child, so proud. My mom's proud. an insurrectionist. Okay, she's not proud because I didn't go to the Capitol. All right. That's I, oh man, I I tried to troll her the other day. She was not biting. Oh, she was not really? taking it. She was not biting. She was not biting. It. <laughs> she was not biting. I, I tried to troll her with, with some, what? What'd you do? Well, Bobby, because Bob, I tried to record her, and she she knew right away. She knew right away what I was doing. Uh, because I started, because Bob, we were talking about, I, she started, she, she has this little booklet. She has this little handbook, okay? And she writes down, she goes, listen, I'm going to tell you, these are all the things that, that that President Trump has done for this country. <laughs> and she starts listing off this thing. And I said, she has a notepad of all the things. I guess she saw it on O'Reilly or Hannity or whatever. <laughs> and she starts writing these things down. And I kept saying, yeah, you know, that was, you know, that, that was an Obama plan. I mean, he, he just followed Obama's blueprint. Oh. And I just kept trying to troll her with it. And she's like, you're recording me. This is not nice. <laughs> that's that's savvy of mom. Dang. All right, Bob. Who are you rooting for and why? I, uh, I, I love Choppy's point about not wanting to root for underdogs. I, I, I'm not, it's not totally my same opinion, but what I do root for is I root for prestige. 
So I hate mm. whenever, like, if there was a Super Bowl between, I'm trying to think of it, like, I, I don't like the Giants. But if there was a Super Bowl between, like, Jacksonville and the Giants, I'd be like, I can't live in a world yet where Jacksonville has done enough to, re- Jacksonville hasn't done enough to reverse their history as a loser to then win a Super Bowl. That's why, like, I, I hated the idea of, like, man, the, the Seahawks cannot beat the, the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That mm. kind of a thing. Yeah. So... I cheer, like the Marlins against the Yankees. I cheer oh, yeah. really, really hard for prestige. Mm-hmm. So that right there, I'm going to give it to San Francisco over Philadelphia, just based off of that. But also, Philly just, I mean, Philly's not Jackson. But also, as much as you say, you you just you can't go like like chop. You can't go for Philly or, or whatever else because you you hate San Francisco. It will be insufferable. Twice a year, the yeah. <laughs> okay, little brother, you haven't won uh, any Super. Bowl. We won two yeah. in the last five years. It's a long term. It's a long term loss. Every year you're dealing with it. Whereas with San Francisco, it's just whenever you meet up with them. Usually, even in the playoffs, even if you had a regular season meeting, I don't think you're getting a bunch of Super Bowl talk from San Francisco. San Francisco, literally right now. But see, there you go. That's the other argument. San Francisco is one of the few teams that has won a Super Bowl longer ago than you. There yeah. is that. Yeah. But overall, uh. I think I go with San Francisco also because I think San Francisco again is just really really good and I think Philly, you want to you want to be right about Brock Purdy. I think no not even I'm already right about Brock Purdy. They could lose this Sunday. I'm already right. I was already right about it. <laughs> but the, in terms of I think Philly's a more fraudulent team than San Francisco and I want that exposed. And so for me I'm rooting for San Francisco and then even though the Chiefs probably have more prestige on the other side, I also am a fan of history and so I would definitely root for a third time matchup between Bengals 49ers. Peyton, mm. who are you rooting for in each and why? So I'm going to go with San Francisco. Yes, I'm with Bobby Peyton. there. I uh, I can't deal with Philadelphia. Even just making it back to the Super Bowl, I can't deal with it again two times a year or all year next year. Um, and I'm rooting for San Francisco because I don't think they can beat the Bengals or the Chiefs. Um, so I'm already counting them out of winning the Super Bowl. But if Philadelphia wins, I think Philadelphia can uh, can beat the Bengals. What are the Tolos saying? Uh, I'm, tol- in- I'm interested in recency versus long term. Uh, so you're assuming the NFC is going to win the Super Bowl? I don't think anybody's assuming that one. I don't think anybody assumed that one. No. Uh, lost respect for Choppy. You can't cheer for the Eagles or Sirianni. Uh, let's see. Um, rooting for the Niners because of Fred Warner. Uh, rooting for the Niners. We can't root for Philly. Uh, root for Philly and KC. Uh, I'm a Packers fan. I hate the Niners. Go Eagles. Um, you can't be a real Cowboys fan and root for the Eagles. I want the 49ers to win by 100. Uh, let's see, 49ers and Cincy, San Francisco. Well, a lot of people rooting for San. I, oh, there the the Twitch is mainly the. It looks like the Twitch and also I believe the YouTube are they're they're all pretty much going 49ers. Now there is one individual saying if 49ers win, they're gonna have six rings. Don't want that. Don't want them one up on us on that. Yeah. And so, um, but generally it looks like I would guess here on these these chats, it's probably 80, 20, 49ers over Eagles. I'm rooting for Philadelphia. I'm rooting for Philadelphia, and I don't even have any hesitation. Actually, the only hesitation is the long-term bragging, like Howard S. kind of the Super Bowl, but we've been doing this a long time, all right? Like over 20 years. And I, we both grew up in that region, right, East Coast. In all that time, I have never, ever had Philadelphia fans do what San Francisco fans did this past week mm-hmm. when we were just trash talking. Like what? 
I went to lunch last Friday with my wife and I started noticing some things like on my social media accounts. And well, actually, she brought it up first. She goes, I didn't want to tell you, but like yesterday, I kind of got like some threatening things like towards me and Ollie, like our, you know, our next plane ride going down and crashing and burning into flames and, you know, talking about, you know, going on like our Christmas photos and, you know, taking shots or like picking apart my son and stuff like that. And then I was like, oh, okay, let me check mine. And the same type of stuff was in there. And it's incited by, first off, this is who they are as a fan base. Jerkson Profar said it. Uh, as, as nasty and as ugly and as much fun as we have with Philadelphia, never have I seen that type of reaction. In 12 years of doing this with an NFC East rival, as I saw from those pieces of garbage in San Francisco, the people on the radio and the fans off the radio, and I cannot, I cannot get that out of my mind. I cannot get it out of my mind, and I cannot deal with them going to the Super Bowl or winning it. So, I have to root for Jalen Hurts, who I like. I can't stand Sirianni, but because of the fan base, I, I can't stand George Kittle now. I now hate Nick Bosa I don't as like their well. Helmets. I don't like their helmets, I don't like though. Debo. I don't like Trent Williams. I'm rooting for Philadelphia hard on Sunday. And and if the Cowboys would have beaten San Fran, I would have been, I told my wife, you would probably have to move out for a month. You'd, I'd have to move out for a month because I don't know what things would be sent to my home with how unbearable and how insufferable I would have been if the Cowboys would have eliminated them. That's why that loss hurts so much. I hate them. I hate, hate, pure, not sports hate. I have nothing but pure hatred, and I want to see them burn. You have no idea the power of the dark side. (laughs) I've been been, been on the dark side. See, but, But I guess I turn it around to this and go, while it did suck losing to San Francisco, imagine if you would have won, you got in there this week and lost to Philly. I feel like most fans would say, that Philly loss would have hurt more well, than, than this loss against San Francisco. You're closer, but San Francisco, it's two years in a row now they beat you. Yeah. Uh, and, and and Sean's right. I mean, their fans are – they are sending they, they sent Sean messages that were uncalled for. And I had one, there was one chick that sent me a photo of my son with a bloody face that I that – I, she had reposted it and said, oh, yeah, hope this happens to him again. <laughs> someone, so, wait, someone, went, someone went and dug up Choppy's kid. Like, After he, like, he had fallen and cut his head open. I mean, it was effort. It was a lot of effort, so I I hate them, and, and I want to see misery. I want them to feel absolute misery. Best-case scenario, Philly wins for me, and they lose in the Super Bowl. They already feel misery, though, Sean. They live in California. They live in California. They live in San Francisco. They already feel misery. All right, 877-881-1053, truckwreck.com, text line. Who's not feeling misery anymore? Dak Prescott, apparently with a new girlfriend, Woo. and Stephen A. Horney. <laughs> Next on the fan. <laughs> Headlines coming up at 7 a.m. as we try to get you closer to the weekend as RJ and Bobby are jamming out to Peyton's music here on the fan cam, Twitch, and YouTube here on DFW Sports Station. It's Kurt's Station. music. What? It's Kurt's music. Kurt's? Kurt Cobain. That is oh, not Peyton's Kurt. music. Oh. Mm. Well, I choose the music, Bobby, so it is my music. It's literally a rotate cut. I already know no, that. No, it's not. It is. There is no rotate on here. I'm looking at it right now. Do you choose? You don't choose the music. Uh, Some some spots I have to. Some spots I have to because there's nothing there. But. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Dak Prescott is apparently moving on mm-hmm. from his last relationship as yesterday came out. Who's done the most research on her? Let's just start there. Whoever's done the most research, 
can have the topic. Does research mean like went and looked at her Instagram? Yeah, like what Peyton caught you doing a few weeks ago with your Google image searches. I still have that picture, by the way. That research. We all do. Jaden Janisk. She's an LSU swimmer. And apparently she is a new friend of Dax. I think you're using the term friend loosely. Um, they are more than friends, I would imagine. He likes his blondes. Yes, he does. He got a type. Yeah, Long he does. Blonde at uh, LSU, though. What's that? Should have gone with uh, Olivia Dunn. I she agree. was right there. Yeah. Right there, Dak. She's right there. And, I mean, she's maybe, well, it's not maybe, she's almost as popular as he is. The swimmer? No, Olivia Dunn, oh, the, the gymnast. Gymnast. She's the highest NI- grossing NIL athlete. Blowing up on TikTok, yeah, everywhere. Um, so but- this girl is apparently twenty. Dak is twenty nine. They have not publicly confirmed their romance, according to the New York Post. But there it is. Dak going back to his uh, his roots, yeah. going back to his home state for this LSU swimmer. And it appears she knows where she stands because in the article it says she's been telling teammates it's a rebound relationship for him, but it's still going on. <laughs> it's still going on. There it is. I mean, is she's she? 20. Is she from here? Yeah, she's from Frisco. She went to Frisco uh, High School. Okay. She was in Frisco. Okay. Majoring in mass communication. It's amazing what they find out. Majoring in mass communications. You know that they put this in here with a smile on their face. She special. She specializes in the breaststroke. Yes, she chose she LSU for the amazing atmosphere coaches. I guess this is in her athlete bio. Uh, and her father, they met through her pops. Yeah. Who posted a photo with Dak and said that he was his uh, best friend. So Frisco High School, and I think her dad like works in real estate or something like that, and did some did some type of deal with Dak, and that's how they got connected. She's yeah. a she's a youngin. She's twenty. That's the third time in the segment that we've said she's twenty. So everyone's clearly paying attention this morning because I was looking at like her bio. I missed it. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he runs a, he runs a mortgage company uh, that's partnered with the team. Uh, and that's and that's how they met. And then apparently she went to LSU because her brother was already there. Um, but no, there you go. You got you know, Dak's got a twenty-year-old girlfriend. Now the fourth time we've talked about that. <laughs> and, the thing, twenty-one. You know, but you know, we'll find out. Maybe she's twenty-one soon. She we'll is find out. April second. Hey, hey, look at that. Good lord, it's on her LSU bio. I'm looking at it. So <laughs> is does this mean Dak is aiding and abetting underage drinking? Is that the I'm next story that we're gonna go? Going I there didn't see that or, at all. Is that, I'm surprised that wasn't in the article. You tell us. This is your this is your age difference, isn't it? This could be your specialty. Oh no. Oh. We're, we're 10 years apart, Sean. Oh, Not ten. nine. We're 10 years apart. Okay. Uh, nice. But no, she's she's 33. You know. All right, that sets us up for Stephen A. Smith once again getting asked about his bedroom activities as he was pushing his book with an yeah. interview with Barstool. There was a blog that was on Barstool Sports. Our, our good friend Coley wrote it and said Stephen A. Smith is horny at all hours of the day. And you read that aloud on your show. You said, you said not every hour, maybe one or two. I said maybe not every hour. Not every hour, maybe one or two, yeah. yeah we, 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 know, we know the freak hours for that, Stephen that, A. Smith. That, that, that's that healthy. What I'm saying to you is this. If you're a man, you should appreciate that. Because what you, you when you when you stop being horny altogether, you got problems. Yeah, that's true. You go see a doctor. It, it, it wasn't it, was, it wasn't to say that oh my goodness I'm walking around just horny or whatever. Yep. It's to say that wait a minute. I'm still active. I'm still yep. flowing. There's still blood circulating. I'm good. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's what that was meant to me. You, you know how he can fix that if he stops feeling horny altogether, chop. Uh, what? Blue chew. 
You can do that. Ah. Very nice. Very nice. That will uh, that will help get you going again. Get your little fella feeling big again. Someone little fella had feeling big. Asked Stephen A. months ago about like backside yes. play. Yes. And he was more than willing to discuss that. So there's Stephen A. Smith. More than willing. <laughs> now this is good news for Stephen A. If he wants to live to be uh, you know a million years old, study out there shows horny individuals live longer. Really? Men with a low libido are twice as likely to suffer an early death. Oh. He's 55. He's 55. And apparently he's still uh he's still he's still riled up. Yep. So like if you if you've uh, if you if you're a uh relatively horny individual, man, I am going to live to be 100. I, I know that right now. <laughs> and it also tells me that my grandmother loved it because oh, she was 98. Oh my god. That really freaks me out. Yeah. <laughs> How old? She was 98 when she died and oh, she and she and, and my it, grandmother it, was 100. It took a lot to kill her too, man. She had to fall, but she was healthy. She was oh at, my She was gosh. in a casino like the week before. Like she had none of she was never sick. She would have lived 10 more years and she fell and they had a it was surgery and the surgery went bad. Took a lot to took kill a lot. her. It was a bad surgery. It was a bad surgery that did her in. Like she was fine. Like she just had like she had like kidney stones or something like that. They were just like, oh, we're just gonna go in and just you know, oh, I, I don't know what it was, but they, they were going to fix something <laughs> and some minor routine surgery. Hip, I have no idea. And all of a sudden, like dead, like four days later. Did you guys sue? Get some money out of it? Malpractice? No, we didn't sue. We we, we, don't, we don't. We're not suing people. I mean, I am, but my my my, my parents are. <laughs> okay, so next week or sometime soon they're getting mike and the mad dog back together freaking mike francesa is going on first take with russo and Stephen a and then there was a story yesterday that Stephen a and skip bayless could link back up that everyone in the media who's been around forever is looking at mcafee who's making like 20 or 30 million a year and they're like let's just go and be our own bosses and let's do our stuff on youtube let's just broadcast like that Stephen a addressed the Skip Bayless rumors. I will always miss Skip. Skip is my guy. I love him. I don't always agree with him. I didn't agree with him when he was on the set with me. I don't agree with him sometimes that he's off the set with me and doing his own show. Uh, we've gone our separate ways. He's doing what he's doing. I'm doing what I'm doing. I'll never root against him. I'll always be grateful to him for what he has done for my career because there is no Stephen A with first take if it were not for Skip Bayless. He's the one that went to Jamie Horowitz and the bosses and fought for me to be on first take with him. I owe him an incredible debt of gratitude, and I will never forget that. But at this stage and point in my life, I'm happier without him. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm not going back. That's not what I want anymore. But it has nothing to do with a debate show. It's that I have other aspirations. All right. I thought someone sent me an article that he wanted to like host Kimmel or something like that. So that's Stephen A. putting the kibosh on a Skip Bayless reunion. What's going on with James Dolan? You and Bobby were all over this. All right. So there is James Dolan's getting sued basically by everybody. Um, owner, and, owner of the Knicks. and Owner of the Knicks. And is he the owner of the Rangers? He is also the owner of the New York Rangers as well. Um, so... He is getting sued, and there's a, a large legal team that is suing him. And part part of it has to do with the state liquor authority. Um, so he is, like, threatening to just say, all right, you know what? We're just not going to serve alcohol at Ranger Games. At the Garden? At the Garden. He goes, we're not, and instead of serving alcohol, when people come to the concession, we're going to hand them a, a picture with a phone number and an email address of the person 
or people who are in charge of the state liquor authority so you could call them and bombard their office to do whatever you you know to get whatever you want but the other issue that's that's come under fire is he is using facial recognition software to keep the people suing him out of the arena like what yeah. you use on your phone uh, like this was a the, the most highly publicized case was one of these lawyers with the firm that's suing him was going to the garden for a Rockettes performance, something that her daughter was involved with. She gets she said she got through the security checkpoint, like the little metal detectors and everything. And as soon as she walked through, security walked up and said, you've been basically you've been banned. You need to leave. And so somewhere, cameras in the building, what? something. You could do it from like a distance. Caught her face and scanned it to a database and said, this is one of the lawyers. And security went up, took her and escorted her out, which is ridiculous. You know what? That's badass. I got respect. Bad. For that. You respect. I respect more that the the Rangers uh, liquor thing. The liquor here, thing is bad. like here we don't have liquor. We no, just have a phone number you can call to blow them up. My arena, my domain. I don't want you enjoying it. You wouldn't do that to the San Francisco hosts at the uh, at Super Bowl. Have facial recognition. No. no, no. You go ahead. You facial recognize them. You're out. You're banned. The you're garden. Banned. The garden has to defend itself. Was his quote. Does every- <laughs> and then he said it's not, not personal. Not, it's strictly business. You're not Bruce Wayne. Well, no. He's got, he quoted Michael Corleone. He said it's not personal. It's just business. Facial recognition to get into arenas. Yeah. Now, look, Does I mean, everyone do this? I mean, they do in New York. Very blue New they, York, I right? Guess, right, I guess chop. They do. I guess they do do it in New York. I mean, I, I can understand like in an airport or a high yeah. security area. So James Dolan being a psycho once. Again, better be careful. He could be Odyssey app in this thing. You never know what he he'll do. Be. Is he in charge of us? Is he is he a boss or something? Dan Quinn is back and is Kellen Moore gone? Part of your Friday headlines next.